Hello everyone and welcome to CRAMSurge, clinical research appraisal and methodology for surgical trainees, where we pick a paper fresh from the press on a hot general surgical topic. We review it for you, we present it for you, we critique its methodology for you and provide top-of-the-field expert opinions and teaching on research appraisal and methodology. My name is Gio Perrin and together with Professor Sababella Subramanian, Adam Haig, Ben Wood and Josh Lau, we bring you Crown Surge from the wonderful region of the Yorkshire and the Humber. Um, a little bit of a special episode today. Um, I'm here with uh, Professor Sababella Subramanian, a consultant surgeon and honorary professor at the University of Sheffield. And we will be having a chat about writing letters to the editor. Uh, this is not really meant to be uh, a guide for seasoned experts or whoever might be asked to uh, write an editorial or a commentary on an article, but it's for people a little bit less experienced that are trying to approach, you know, the world of scientific research and critical appraisal. So um, we know that writing letters to the editor of a medical journal is something that often trainees and students try and do. Um, it might be the first uh, step in uh, publishing for many people. Uh, and of significant value in boosting confidence in writing, um, and obviously it adds a line to your CV. Um, other people think that it's not really something we should spend a lot of time on, um, and this time could be potentially invested in other activities like writing a proper paper or a review. Um, so, uh, Prof, uh, what do you think about writing letters? Is it something that you would encourage medical students or trainees to do? Uh, hi, Gio. Uh, nice to be with you. Uh, yes, I think writing letters, especially at an early stage in your education and training, uh, can be an important part of learning and developing your critical appraisal skills. Uh, I think writing a letter to the editor is not a particularly difficult task, but writing a good letter requires a few things. The first is an in-depth understanding of the subject that you're going to write about. Then you need to have some clear objectives as to why are you writing the letter and what specific messages you wish to convey. You also need a logical and structured thought process and you need to have skills or develop your skills in technical or scientific writing. Personally, I think it is time well spent. And as you say, a couple of letters could be the boost many people need to either crystallize their interest in research um, or to set out to address the gaps they've seen in the study they've critiqued. By writing these letters, you could take away lessons on both how to do things and also how not to do things in your own research project or in your own report. Right. Uh, thank you. Well, um, I think that's a great point. Uh, actually, my first publication was a letter to the editor, and uh, I remember being quite thrilled when I received a notification of acceptance. Um, so, generally speaking, in what circumstances should uh, I, as a trainee, consider writing a letter to the editor? You could consider writing a letter uh, for a couple of different reasons. One, you might be interested in a particular clinical problem and uh, are involved in research addressing the problem. And you may have come across an article that is relevant to your research and you may have some specific queries about the methodology, about the results uh, presented in the article 
the interpretation or the validity of the research. You may also have data that is similar or contradictory to the report that you're reviewing. Or you may have a, an entirely different perspective on potential explanations for the reported findings. The other uh, reason could be that you are part of a regular journal club, such as CAMSurge, and you've discussed a paper on a problem relevant to your practice, and you may want to summarize a discussion from your journal club and submit a letter to the editor. This kind of uh, exercise helps you crystallize your thoughts and also gives feedback to the authors. And even if your letter is critical, the fact that the paper has been of interest and discussed by a group of peers would or should, in my opinion, in itself serve as positive feedback to the authors. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Um, so what are the potential benefits of writing uh, these type of letters? Right, so there are quite a few benefits. Firstly, it, it really uh, revolves around your learning and development. You will um, or probably should read around the topic before you write a letter. This will increase your understanding of the subject, improve your skills in crit uh, critical appraisal, and also technical or scientific writing. And this helps to demonstrate your appraisal or writing skills. A second uh, point would be that this will help demonstrate your interest in a particular area within your own community. For example, you might be a, a HPB training, you might be interested in pancreatic surgery, and if you write a letter on a paper evaluating a trial on a new technique aimed at reducing pancreatic fistula rates, this helps establish your interest amongst your peers. Of course, you add a line to your CV, and finally, and this is not mentioned very often, but it is good to give feedback. And if feedback is given in the right spirit and taken in the right spirit, authors benefit from your perspective and the critical appraisal. Letters in general are not written very often. And in my experience, most authors like to know that their manuscripts are of interest to readers and do appreciate the time and effort you take in writing a letter. Finally, there is a wider benefit to the scientific community. Writing letters are one important way of debating a research question within an, a community. And this process helps in what people call a post-publication peer review. So there are quite a few uh, different benefits, both accruing to the people that write letters and also uh, to the authors of the paper, and to the scientific community in general. Right, so you have uh, convinced me, um, and I'm thinking, where should I start writing it then? Okay, so if you have come across a paper, either through your own personal reading or having discussed it in a journal club type setting, and you're thinking of writing a letter, then I would suggest that you consider the following steps. The first important step is to spend some time reading through the manuscript in detail and taking the time to understand the concepts, the methodology, and the results presented. I would look carefully at what the authors make of the results. And as you read the paper, make a note of the key points, the positive and negative aspects of the paper, both from a study design perspective, as well as from a clinical or domain expert's point of view perspective. 
That is, for example, if you're critiquing a paper on the conservative manage management of acute appendicitis, you should not only consider how the study was designed and conducted, but also whether the research question is appropriate, the inclusion and exclusion criteria were reasonable, and the results are generalizable. Also, make a note of things that you're not entirely sure about and the terms and the concepts and methodologies you're not familiar with. Following this, I would suggest that you spend some time reading any relevant background literature. You might already be very familiar with the literature, but um, it'd be useful to just go back to it and see if the study that you're critiquing is important and relevant to the field. Has the research question been addressed before? If so, are the results similar to what previous literature says or whether they're different? If they're different, in what way are they different? And essentially, what does this paper add to the existing uh, literature? So once you've done that, the next question is, how would you have approached the same research question? Would you have designed and conducted the study differently? And if so, in what way? Also think about why the authors may not have adopted your approach. Is it because of time, logistics, cost, or other reasons? Then consider if you have a different perspective or ex explanation for the observed results or findings. And you have any supportive uh, evidence for your, uh, for your perspective or explanation. And this could be based on your own clinical experience or um, findings from your um, research project, if you happen to be doing research on the same topic, or other relevant literature. Then you, then you make a list of what all we, you wish to say in the letter and start writing. Right, so um, I am in the process of starting this writing. Is there any structure or I should follow um, to uh, put down the points I want to highlight? Okay, so there is no one-size-fits-all approach. In general terms, however, I would suggest the following structure. Firstly, uh, in a few lines, you want to explain to the editor as to why you're writing the letter uh, or the context in which you're writing the letter. Then you might just want to summarize the salient of the key points of the paper itself. And this really should be very brief. Um, and in some occasions, just the part of the paper that you wish to talk about. Following this, and it's always useful to do this, um, write a few lines about what's interesting about the paper, what's been done well, and what the positive aspects of the uh, study are. And my suggestion would be that you be magnanimous in your praise. And once you've um, talked about the good things about the paper, you, you can then move on to the issues or the questions you wish to raise. And if there are several of them, uh, it's um, important to list them in a logical sequence. For each of the issue or question, explain your comment and explain any related findings either from your own research or other literature, any alternative explanations for the, for the observed findings, and any suggestions you may have for improving the methodology or potentially the way forward, particularly things that the authors may not have themselves considered. Finally, a short summary with a conclusion expressing hope that you 
your feedback would be of interest. And, or you could say that you're looking forward to the answers um, that, to, to the questions you have raised. Fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, are there any rules or, or guidances out there that I should follow? Uh, yeah, usually there are instructions given by the journal in question. Different journals have uh, different criteria related to letters to the editor. Uh, some journals have restrictions on word count. Some would restrict comments to a short period after publication. There may be limits on tables and figures and so on. So look through the instructions to the authors um, that you would find on the website um, of the journal. And apart from that, there are no specific rules. In general, be courteous. Avoid being overly critical. Don't say things that you wouldn't want others to say to you. So those are yeah, you know, uh, common sense rules. Um, obviously, if there are serious ethical concerns regarding the conduct of the study, um, you raise it. And keep in mind that if the letter is published, this will potentially be read by lots and lots of people and people that you know and people that you don't know. And even if your arguments and comments make perfect sense, it doesn't really help if it comes across as uh, snobbish or arrogant. And uh, you have to keep in mind that disagreements are common. And uh, although you do not need to sugarcoat them, you shouldn't really express them in a disrespectful way. Fantastic. Right. Um, another formality question. Um, what about the dreadful references? Should we include them um, in a letter to the editor? Um, I would say so. Um, short answer is yes. And uh, this is particularly pertinent if your arguments are based on uh, observations reported in other literature or facts or figures that you've obtained from uh, appropriate scientific literature. These references may be from your own publications, uh, but avoid using your own publications unless they're really relevant. And also try and keep an open mind when presenting contentious arguments and consider referring to manuscripts that may not necessarily agree with your assertions. Can I write a letter uh, even if I am not an expert in this area? I think so. Uh, even if you are not an expert, um, I think uh, you can write a letter. Um, if you're a student or trainee, you could do this along with a supervisor who may be an expert in that field. But if you do not necessarily have a supervisor who's, who's an expert in that field, you could um, still write a letter. And you've got to keep in mind that um, critical appraisal of a paper has two key components. One component is the aspect that is relevant to the domain expert. And this includes the research question, the biological or the clinical importance of the hypothesis question, the eligibility criteria, the relevance of outcomes, and the baseline characteristics, and the generalizability of the results of the study. So these are all aspects that a domain expert can comment on. The other component, which is also equally important, relates to the study design, the scientific rigor, and the principles of methodology the study is based on. So even if you are not an expert yet in this area, 
You could critique the paper on methodological grounds and ask questions of relevance to um, any practitioner in the field. Excellent. Um, do you have any specific advice uh, or tips on scientific writing? Well, uh, scientific writing um, could be a blog or topic for discussion in itself. Uh, but we'll go through a few things that I consider um, as important. So scientific writing is different to story writing or journalistic writing. And essentially, the writing should be using simple words or phrases in short sentences. It is a misconception, I think, that scientific writing should be complicated. You probably heard of this quote from Einstein, who said something along the lines of, if you cannot explain an idea in simple terms, you probably do not understand it very well. So um, the other thing I would suggest is that we avoid jargon and what I refer to as dramatic ob uh, objectives, such as extremely, extraordinarily, enormous, and so on. Try and be as precise as you can and provide objective, verifiable facts and figures. Also, um, it's a good idea to avoid uh, words such as absolutely and never, as they will rarely be true. The other thing is, if you are not an expert, try and make sure that you're not instructing or teaching in your letter. Present the facts or observations and your explanation or rationale for it. But avoid the temptation to make inferences you're not able to directly make from the observations. And when you're providing what you may think um, to be a logical explanation, think of the alternatives. Think of alternative explanations for the observations and discuss them as well. And finally, take your time writing your letter. A letter may be a much shorter um, essay than a research article, but should not really be considered as just a quick addition to your CV. It may well be in print, and you should be able to look back at it years down the line and should be proud of it. Thank you. Um, so what about uh, if my letter is rejected? Uh, does it mean it was just not considered relevant to the paper um, I was critiquing? Uh, not necessarily. So your letter may be rejected for a number of different reasons. These could be just the lack of space in the journal, or you may not have met the criteria laid out uh, by the journal, including the time elapsed since the publication that you're um, writing about. And you've got to keep in mind that time is often of the essence here. The more recent the paper, the higher the chances of the letter being um, accepted. Now, often there may be no or very little explanation for the rejection, but do take time to reflect on the potential reasons and on how you could have improved the manuscript. Manuscript, And do take advice from your supervisor or your peers. And finally, just move on. Move on, put it behind you and, and you know, try not to let it affect your confidence. That's uh, excellent advice. Um, right, having um, written a few of these letters, in my experience, knowing uh, the journal you're sending the letter to and their editorial sort of habits does help as well. 
such as writing about a topic that is particularly relevant to the readership of uh, that particular journal. Uh, do you think that's true? Yes, I think uh, that's quite likely. So in general, papers are also selected on that basis. And um, I would suggest that, you know, think about putting yourself in the editor's shoes and read the, the draft of your letter and see um, what you think will be relevant and what may be of interest to the readership. And then edit your letter accordingly. And hopefully um, the editor uh, will be interested. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Thanks um, for going through all that. So um, for you guys listening, um, why not start by presenting a paper at our Cramstead Journal Club? Presenting a paper with us and writing up a letter to the editor uh, after that uh, will give you the opportunity to build your experience in critical appraisal as well as scientific writing. Uh, have a look at our publications page um, to find some examples. If you're thinking about presenting with us, uh, just have a look at our present with us page or send us an email, uh, info at cramsearch.org. Uh, don't worry if it's the first time you appraise a paper. Uh, we are here to help you and support you throughout. You can ask uh, people that presented with us before. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Until next time, keep running your life with our surgical podcast. <laughs> <laughs>